the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So glad you're with me here today. Very happy to be filling in. Wish I was there right now with you, wherever you are. Well, I guess that I would never be alone with some of you in your car. But anyway, I'm just saying I'm there now. And uh, I, I love getting to connect with folks over radio. And I do, do count it a great blessing to be on KKLA on New Life Live. We're uh, during the middle of the day. And so to get to talk some to some folks that uh, aren't in the, right in the middle, that's a pretty cool thing for me to get to do. So um, today I want to talk to you about uh, a few things. But first I'll just mention to you, again, uh, if you heard the first hour, you know this. But uh, this, this week we're going to be dealing with a lot of different issues. And we're going to deal with the issue of, of life. And we're going to have uh, Lila Rose on, who's one of the great crusaders uh, for life. We're going to talk about one of the most controversial issues you'll ever talk about in this day and age. We're going to talk about the transgender issue and those people who have transitioned but are detransitioning. And uh, I've got some clips from a person who uh, went through a detransition process. And there's, there is a growing community of folks who are detransitioning, and you're not going to ever hear much about that. We're going to talk about parenting in this screen, social media, saturated world. We're going to talk about some pastors that should not be pastoring. Uh, Ralph Reed is going to be on with us, who is, um, who is head of the Freedom, Faith and Freedom Coalition, uh, an amazing guy, a um, great man of faith. Uh, we'll have Ann Baylor, who is Auntie Ann's pretzel. She's the founder of that, and she was uh, sexually abused by a pastor and has this wonderful husband who helped her uh, deal with all of that. pastor took advantage of her uh, after uh, she had her. she was dealing with a lot of grief over the death of her daughter and a pastor comes in and uh, literally um, destroys her her life it was just horrible what he did but she has survived and she wants to help other people she's written a couple of books we'll we'll have her on also so we're going to deal with a lot of things uh, this week a different topic every hour I'm really glad to be with you all week long today uh, I want to talk to you about uh, something most everybody is that we're talking about, and it's the the Olympics. And um, you know, you might think, well, he doesn't know anything about the Olympics. And uh, I got to tell you, I was on a track team. <laughs> I was on. I was in the 440 relay, and I was um, just a bit overweight. I've struggled with my weight. Uh, from very early on, and it's been so wonderful to help some people with their weight problem. Uh, but 
we had this little team, and it was uh, each of us had to run 110 yards. And sadly for me, by the time the baton came to me, the other teams had already crossed the finish line. So I'm, people are up in the stands, and I'm running alone, all by myself, truly losing the race in grand style. And uh, I wanted to entertain the audience there. I wanted to wave or whatever, but I just ran on through. So, see, I have extensive uh, experience in Olympic-type competition, 440 relay. Well, I read a great quote by uh, an Olympian years ago, and he said this. He said, I don't focus on past defeat that might cause me to be saddled with overwhelming fear. And I don't focus on past victories, which might cause me to be overconfident or arrogant, if you will. I just focus on the tape, going to the tape. That's all that I care about is the tape. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people would hear that and think that that's absolutely a fantastic quote. I did. But what if you couldn't focus on the tape. What if you're, you've worked, uh, you've trained, and you end up, you just don't have the ability to follow through? Well, we've seen that happen. We, uh, we saw Naomi Osaka um, withdraw from the French Open in, in May. Uh, she didn't compete in Wimbledon. Uh, the U.S. Open, I watched her defeat Serena Williams. And after that, this amazing tennis player, uh, she went into a deep depression. Now, I've, I've seen this over my lifetime, where somebody achieves something. Maybe they work for all their life, and then they achieve it. And for whatever reason, depression follows, disappointment. Uh, disillusionment, all sorts of things that they never dreamed they would have to deal with. And, of course, that is her story, a very, very sad and tragic story. Well, Simone Biles, here she is, this incredible Olympian. She won five uh, medals at the 2016 Rio Olympics, and most people expected that she was going to dominate the competition in Tokyo. They were extremely excited. Well, there's some new excitement now because after she pulled out of, uh, you know, the the competition, she's actually going to compete uh, tomorrow, I believe it is, in the uh, on the uh, balance beam, that final there. And that's exciting. But you know, when it when when the all round floor exercise and uneven bar finds all those things happen, uh, she didn't compete, and and there was this issue of, you know, the twisties. You know, she would uh, her, all these twists that happened in her uh, her plan. Well, she couldn't do them, and her brain kind of got messed up, and then uh, that produced fear, and she just felt like she couldn't compete. And she was criticized for that. And, you know, I think a lot of people might have forgotten that this horrific predator, this 
Dr. Nasser, um, who is serving prison time. Simone was one of the people that was one of his victims. Who knows what kind of impact that had on her? What a horrible, horrible thing. And you know, when, when something like that happens, there's some people that have to overlook little dots here and there that if you ever put them together, it would prevent people from being hurt. It would get a person like Nasser out of, out of the uh, position as soon as possible so there would be no more victims. And I just hate it for all of the young women who were abused. And don't you, don't you really appreciate the courage that they had to step forward and say, this is what happened to me and I'm coming forward because I don't want it to happen to anybody else. That kind of courage doesn't translate to competition. So let's talk about when we see that somebody in the face of competition uh, pulls out, withdraws right at the what could be the greatest moment of their competing life, we don't know what's behind that person. There were people like uh, uh, Djokovic, who, the tennis player, who were criticizing, and he was, you know, arrogantly saying, you know, I'm ready for competition. I, I bring it on, you know. I, I don't succumb. And then he ends up withdrawing, throws a temper tantrum, throws his racket, all those kinds of things. What a, what a horrible thing to judge or to criticize. It's so easy to do that rather than to be curious about what's at the heart of this. And we just don't know. But here's the thing. I think, uh, as a parent, it's a great uh, little prompt for us to evaluate what are we doing as our children compete. Do our, do our kids believe that competition to us is everything? When we get so obsessed over the performance of our children, sometimes they think that they're not really loved outside of what they do. My wife and I were at, uh, one of our boys was uh, playing basketball. And during this basketball uh, game, one of the parents was yelling at his son. Not just yelling, but really shaming him every time he didn't do what his dad thought he ought to be doing. And it was, it was horrible. Well, my wife, uh, very, very strong and isn't going to hold anything back. She went to him after the game and says, hey, you, you, have to, you have to stop this. This is hurting that child of yours. It's not that important that he win or be perfect or better than he is. It's important that he know that his father loves him. Well, there was another parent that was behind her. And uh, that parent chimed right in and said, yes, and thank you, Misty, uh, for stepping in for this child. Well, you know, we have to look at ourselves, examine ourselves. And there are a lot of people that never, ever do that. This, this great verse out of James, James one twenty two, says, don't just listen to God's word. 
You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. And here's, here's something. You are fooling yourself, but you're not fooling the rest of the world. We see you. We can see you. We see what you're doing. And some parents are just so relentless in their demand for performance that the child can't help but feel like they're just a thing to do or a thing to make mom or dad or both look good. That's a horrible, horrible way to live, a reality to walk into. Now, i got to tell you, I, I don't know um, what's going on with Simone Biles. But in tears, she, says, I ha- I, she said, I had to do what's right for me, focus on my mental health, and not jeopardize my health and my well-being. Now, I think that's pretty courageous that she would make that kind of decision because she just feels like that that's what she needs to do. You know, competition is important. And people, well, they think they're going to do great. But right when it comes down to it, they just simply need to withdraw and take care of themselves. Because if they did compete, there could be an injury that they never get over. There could be a wound that is very, very difficult to get over. In the, um, in the movie The Gladiator, Russell Crowe played this guy named Maximus. And uh, one of the great quotes is, he asked, Are you not entertained? And here were these guys fighting to the death. For entertainment and we have to ask ourselves you know would we rather somebody die emotionally or spiritually than not compete and you know athletes well they're people they're not entertainment and um you know biles she did get many many encouraging comments from fans and and family and she said that that outpouring of of love really, really meant a lot to her. But as a survivor of sexual abuse from this Larry Nasser, um, you know, she is, is you just don't get over that quickly. And, and that may have nothing to do with her withdrawing, other than the fact when you're traumatized, then it, it takes everything or a lot of what you have out of you. And so then a normal pressure comes along and you succumb to the normal pressure because so much has gone in to just surviving this traumatic, sexually abusive situation that happened with Larry Nasser. So I think rather than criticize, we need to try to understand. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says this, encourage each other and build each other up. That's what we need to do. Build each other up. Look to our own selves. Evaluate our own lives, not the not the lives of others, and, and to criticize something when we only see the surface. I love the story of the old man. He, he's, a, he's a donor to a big art museum, and he and his wife are going to go see the museum that they've been supporting. 
He walks up the steps, and there in the lobby of the museum is this image he's looking at in this beautiful, gorgeous frame. But the image he sees, he says, man, that is, that is ugly. That is horrible. How in the world did they ever dis- decide to hang something so ugly and horrific in this museum that we support? His wife says to him, honey, that's not a painting. That is a mirror. You're looking at yourself. <laughs> well, you know, there's a great lesson there. We need to look at ourselves. Great verse in Lamenta- Lamentation says, let us examine our ways. I want to tell you, uh, it's easier to think that somebody else is the big problem. Long as you're focusing on somebody else being that big problem, you don't have to focus on you. You don't have to deal with what you're dealing with. And so we can distract ourselves from getting better because we're not willing to see ourselves and do what we need to do to get better. You know, at New Life, we have people come to things and and they have no hope when they show up. We have men coming to every man's battle. And and they, they say, I'm just here because I'm trying to keep the marriage together. I don't really think I need this. I'm just doing this for my wife. And before it's over with, they're becoming men of integrity. We've had people at marriage conferences who, well, maybe they all they did was point the finger at the other person. And then they come and we give them a way of seeing the reality of their own situation trying to understand the person that they married and it changes everything you know uh, the focus is either on the crummy 10% or the crummy 90% and not focusing on whatever it is that's positive and wonderful and good about that other person so i'm in, i'm going to suggest that we um you know, we're ahead in the medal category. We're ahead by two. We're behind in the gold medal uh, category. But I'm going to suggest that whenever you watch the Olympics, uh, that you pray for folks, especially those who are struggling. And you ask God to be with them and to reveal himself to them and that they would experience uh, his comfort and his healing. It would be an amazing thing to just pray and and that I really do believe that those prayers are going to have an impact and so um, let's become faithful prayers consumed with support love and prayer rather than criticism and judgment of any athlete well before we go to a break I want to tell you that I do have some things for you and if you visit kkla.com forward slash new life you will well you could download a perspective that i did with max lucado we did this on fear it's called fearless living and i think you'll really love this we love max at new life he's been a part of what we do i just got back from ireland with uh, some amazing men 16 men max was going but he contracted covid uh, two days before we were going to leave. So please pray for him. He's not in, in danger. He just feels horrible. 
But uh, this is called Fearless Living. He and I did it together. Also, if you go to kkla.com forward slash new life, 10 steps to freedom from fear. It's a, it, there are 10 tips there, scripture with each one that I hope and pray could really be helpful to you. I think it will be. So you just go there, download those, uh, our way of saying thanks for listening. But I'm going to be here all week, and I think we're going to do some great things, talk about some great topics. And uh, I know in studying for this, uh, they, it's really helped me already. So we'll take this break, and we'll come back for more of our program today on KKLA. I hope and pray you'll give New Life Live a try. We're midday here on KKLA. But uh, hang in there. We'll be back with you and phone calls and others right after this. Thanks for joining me today. Steve Arterburn. We'll be back. Welcome back, Steve Arterburn here. Really glad that uh, you're with me today. We were uh, we were just talking about anxiety and this pressure that overcomes somebody. And you know, here's the thing. A lot of us can withstand a lot of things because we've never had to go through some uh, traumatic experience early on, some deprivation or some abandonment or abuse that just drains everything out of us. Any ability uh, to uh, persevere is gone. And I want to tell you, a lot of folks say, well, you know, if you just if you just had more Jesus, uh, you'd, you'd be okay. Now, what about that? Because I, I believe in Jesus. But I believe also that Jesus, coming to Jesus, um, coming to Jesus, it, it just doesn't fix everything. You know, it just, it doesn't make everything perfect in your life. Uh, that, we, we have to, to go through a process and that process isn't in, instant. It's called uh, sanctification. And it's called discipleship and character growth and all of that. One of the greatest people you'll ever read about is an example. Well, let me just tell you the story. Uh, the Prince of Preachers was known as Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And he was one amazing human being. He accepted Christ at the age of 15, had his uh, first church, uh, his ministry started at 19. And the crowds just grew bigger and bigger. Now, this guy, he knew Jesus, and he, needed, he knew the truth of the Bible. And you would think if anybody this wise and brilliant and committed to Christ uh, wouldn't have any kind of emotional problem. If you believe that the more you have Jesus absolutely uh, eradicates any emotional problem, well, look what happened to him. You know, he died uh, in 1892. He was so popular, about 60,000 people came uh, to pay homage to this guy. Never had, an, had a degree, 
but his his congregation got so big that he finally moved over to what what was known as the uh, Royal Surrey Gardens. And uh, about 12,000 people showed up on October the 19th, 1856. They said the people were lined up with both buggy and uh, cars for seven miles to try to get in. He did drive. Uh, he, it, this was in, in the day where cars and horse and buggy uh, were being driven or ridden at the same time he had two horses that pulled him people said you know it's so sacrilegious that you would uh, work these horses on sunday he said well they're jewish horses they worship on the sabbath he, he had tremendous tremendous wit and wisdom so there were a lot of jealous people and some of those jealous people when twelve thousand were packed into the royal surrey gardens they yelled fire fire and people panicked, and they ran out of there like crazy. With, with just trying to save their own lives, they didn't maybe realize they were trampling people. Seven people died. Twenty-eight were injured. And they, they grabbed Spurgeon when all was quiet. They took him home. But as they took him out, he, he was taken past these dead folks laying on the grass, 28 injured, critical injuries there. And he went into a deep depression. He said, I refused to be comforted. Tears were my meat by day and dreams were my terror by night. They said for six weeks he was in a fetal position in his bed at home. His wife took care of him. So... I think his faith helped him to get through it, absolutely. But, you know, what we've been dealing with with folks isn't just getting through things. We want to help people get over things. Well, he did get through it enough to get up and preach again. But I don't think he ever fully got over it and certainly never got beyond it even though he had tremendous, tremendous faith. So, so what happened? He, he would preach about nine months out of the year. And the other months, he would be in the bed with depression. He was morbidly obese when he died. He died fairly young. And, and he was, um, well, he was, he was never really in, in good health. And I just believe it's because he he didn't have the freedom to go through the process of transformation that so many of us who have struggled with things in the past, who have, have sinned greatly as I have and have, have found the grace of God to come back and to minister again. I don't think he had the freedom. I don't think he had that experience. Too bad he didn't have a Christian counselor that could have led him through a process of, of surrender, to seeing that, you know, look, don't beat yourself up. You've got an, a limitation here. And nobody would expect you to live beyond that limitation. Too bad that he wasn't able to get the kind of counseling that I've had. I mean, that's why I love people to get help, because I've been helped. I, I know that it, 
works. But a lot of people are critical of anybody wanting help. They'll say things like, hey, you know, Paul didn't have a Christian counselor. Well, no, Paul didn't have a Christian counselor. But he, he also didn't have a dentist but that doesn't, or a chiropractor. But I bet both of those would have been quite uh, welcomed by him. I think he would have been so grateful to have either of those. So my point is this. It's easy for us as Christians to come along and judge people, to say that, well, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. That is true. But God also didn't give us a spirit of stupidity. And I've seen some people do some really stupid things because they didn't think they should do something because it would be evidence of fear when, in in fact, it would be evidence that they were quite in touch with reality. So I, I think about these Olympians that are struggling. And, you know, if I, if I was to meet them, I know what I would do. But what would you do? Would you tell them if you'd come to Jesus, this would go away? Well, then, if that's true, then no one who is a Christian, should ever be anxious about anything. Well, the Bible tells us not to be anxious about anything. Well, why does it say that? Because we're human, and it's, it's easy for us to get caught up in anxiety and fear. And when we are, sometimes, you know, it's because there's a wiring problem in the brain. Sometimes we, we do this, because uh, we've been hurt in the past and the wound is still there. Uh, sometimes we, we have been so uh, hurt, injured, traumatized that it's a miracle we even get out of bed and do anything in our lives. And yet somebody will come along and severely and fiercely judge us in every way possible. And so every time I want to criticize, every time I want to judge, I have to remember my own fallenness and what God has brought me through. Maybe you haven't been through anything. Well, I think you have. But it sure is easy to try to look good rather than admit that all of us have a very, very extreme limitation. We cannot fix ourselves when james 5 16 says confess your sin, sins to one another well it pretty much eliminates that that option or that path that a lot of people say they're on it's just me and the bible or me and god that's all i need i don't think that's true i don't think that's true at all where if you're reading the bible then you realize if you're going to make it in this world and you're going to live the way god's told you to live you're going to be with other folks. Just read James 5.16 for yourself. It'll tell you we've got to connect. Well, to that end, I would love for you to have something that I'll give you free if you want it. Uh, and you just go to kkla.com forward slash new life. I'll send it to you. One is uh, 10 Steps to Freedom from Fear that I put together. And the other, uh, Fearless Living. Max Lucado and I did... Uh, a New Life Perspective on Fearless Living. 
Give them to you free. You can download them, send them to you. All you have to do is go to kkla.com forward slash new life. I'm going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more. If you want to join me on the phone, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We'll be back after this. Rex, you've already been here. I'm really glad you're with me here today. And uh, you could give us a call, 888-52-TALKS. That is the number. They've had a little bit of problem. We, we got started late here. They've had several technical problems here for the first day, but we'll get all that worked out, certainly before uh, tomorrow. By the way, we've got some great stuff coming up this whole week, and... Um, going to be talking about here in the next hour, going to be talking about homelessness and the answers there. But we've been talking about fear and uh, fear that that becomes so overwhelming that you can't do what you were made to do, called to do, intended to do. And and it is, again, so easy for us to criticize or judge, and, and we just don't know what people have gone through. I, I want to tell you. I have never seen anything like what we're going through with, with the stress, the pressure that kids are under, that they grow up and that they've been growing up in for the past 10 years, and how it just drains everything good and powerful and wonderful out of them if they're exposed too much to really, really crummy, crummy stuff. Uh, and and if there's any way that we can get younger people off of screens and and into God's word, how great is that? And there are a lot of churches that um, you know they're doing their best, but their best uh, just it isn't enough. And it's not you know kids bail out of church right and left. But as parents, and we're going to give you some help later in the week on on parents, there are things that we can do. And the first thing that we can do if we have a, a child that's competing, um, you know, is not be one of these parents that you see often on Facebook or YouTube or, or wherever that are destroying their children with the pressure that they put on them. I'll tell you, we were um, at a basketball game one time, and my wife went up to this father and said, you have to stop that. You know, she just can't let something go. She, she, she you, you, this is horrible what you're doing uh, to this child. And there was another mother behind her saying, yes, you've got, to, you've got to quit yelling and pressuring him and just really shaming him all the time. So that's one thing that we've got to look at ourselves here. What are we doing? Are we, are we creating a problem? Are we making it worse? Or are we making it better? Do you really... Is your child just what they do to you? How they perform? Is that what they perceive? I'm great. I'm wonderful. If I'm winning, if I'm achieving, and if I'm not, boy, 
I've got a disappointed parent that I have to deal with. That doesn't lay a foundation for doing great things in this world. And so many people uh, never, ever ask a child a question. What are you feeling? How, what, what were you going through? How could I help you? Uh, what do you need? Is there anything that you think would make things better? It's just all judgment and criticism. And, you know, there's, there's just no question that a little fear, of course, is normal. A little anxiety. I mean, if you're in a dark alley and you see a shadow of somebody with a knife in one hand and a gun in a, another hand, well, I think it'd be pretty great to have some fear. It might save your life. So to tell somebody that any kind of fear uh, is all bad, that, that's not good advice. And a lot of people have had great parenting. They have great faith. But what they also have is they have a wiring problem or, or a chemi chemical disorder in the brain. Uh, and it, it could be even worsened by some kind of hormonal abnormality. But the brain, unless it is treated, it's an organ, just like a kidney is an organ. The brain needs to be treated because their anxiety is much more biological than it is psychological. And for us to put our judgment on all sources or all people that go through times of anxiety, whether they're in the Olympics or not, it's just plain wrong. So we ought to look at what could be the root of this fear that this child is going through, this performance anxiety, uh, this, this truly shutting down at a time when they need to be at their very best. They just can't move forward. I remember playing football in Texas, and I was, I was not good. <laughs> but uh, I was expected to be great, and I can remember almost throwing up every day in that state of anxiety. And, you know, I am so grateful that that didn't continue on later in life. I did have a panic attack or two that I had to work on. But, you know, a lot of people are told that they're, they're not worth it. They can't do it. They'll never live up to anything. You don't know what has been taught to somebody or thrown at them. Uh, and, and so many shaming, shaming things can be said by Christians. Sometimes we think we've got to have an answer. We've got to quote a scripture. We've got to look good or, or give some precept. And I'm going to tell you, principle, precept, whatever, over the relationship with our children. It, it's just never, ever right. And when we start to accept a child, no matter what they do, when we start to truly minister to them in whatever brokenness that they have, when we do things that make a difference at the heart level, that builds a foundation for long-term lasting success. Well, I do have something for you. If, you, if you'd like, uh, I can send you these these 10 steps to freedom from fear. Uh, I would be happy to give them to you. All you have to do is go to kkla.org 
com forward slash new life. We'll get them to you. Also, um, Max Lucado and I, Max is a, uh, we ought to pray for him. He just got COVID the other day. He was going to be one of the folks in Ireland with us, but he came down with COVID. He was, um, he's actually been vaccinated. He went out, met with his people after he preached, came down with COVID. He couldn't, couldn't go to Ireland with us. Uh, but he and I did this fearless living uh, new life perspective, and it's very good. And I uh, I love Max. I respect him so much. You can get that if you just send me an email, kkla.com forward slash new life. You go there and you'll you'll see what's available and you can get it. Uh, I just I want you to know that uh, that I love getting to be here. I'm going to be here all week. And uh, we'll get the phone lines all fixed and connected. Uh, I'm going to be here another hour. If you want to join us, here's the phone number. It's different than the one I've been giving. It's 888-995-5552. I'll give you that again. 888-995-5552. And I'd love to talk to you in the next hour. We're going to talk about a lot of things this week. I'm going to talk about homelessness and what's causing that and what is it that we could do. That's the main thing. We all have opinions. We all have thoughts. But the main thing is what needs to be done. And and there's a central cause in the increase of homelessness that we're going to talk about here in this next hour. I hope you'll join me for that. In the meantime, some people struggle every day in new life. We're fortunate enough to have people that care, and they're on the phone right now, you could call them at 1-800-NEW-LIFE if you're struggling in any way. Really glad to be here with you, and uh, I'll hope that you'll join me here in this next hour. In the meantime, we'll take a little break until then.